Hello, this is DJ Ocean Spray, and you're listening to WKNC 88.1 Raleigh HD1. I am here with an off-the-record um, interview today, um, and I am here with Will Yance. Hey, I'm Will Yance. Um, I am an instructor of record at uh, North Carolina State University. I teach English 101, and I'm also a musician. Um, and I'm a graduate student studying English literature. Um, so to start off with, how long have you been interested in music? Um, I mean, interested in music, I guess, since I was like four or something, probably. Um, my mom played music all the time in the house. So did my dad. Um, it was like R.E.M. for my mom, Leonard Skinnerd for my dad. It was a great combo. Um, but then I started playing the drums very randomly when I was like seven. Um, my parents just got me a drum set, and it worked out. I ended up, like, practicing from, like, 3 p.m. to, like, dinner time, and then, like, after dinner time till my parents asked me to stop pretty much for, like, 12 years or so. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, so a long time is the answer okay. to the question. And where are you from? I'm from Gastonia, which okay. is about 30 minutes southwest of Charlotte. Um, yeah. And where did you go for undergrad and, like, what did you study? I studied jazz music performance um, at UNC Asheville. Um, and so I am very curious as to like why you're studying English at state. Like, what are you wanting to gain from it? Yeah. Um, well, basically, like after studying music, I worked as a musician for a long time. Um, Basically, leading up to COVID, I was, like, playing in a trio, like, four or five, six nights a week, um, paying my bills, playing the drums, and um, and that felt great, mostly. And then COVID happened, and all my gigs disappeared. And eventually, like, I started teaching music a little bit more, um, and then I started a writing club in Asheville, and we, it was just basically friends like sharing poetry and stories we wrote on Sundays at 11 in a park. It was really sweet. Um, it's still ongoing. There's like a chapter at Chapel Hill now. Shout out Lila Richardson. Um, but um, yeah. And then I was like, okay, I think I want to do something more with this sort of interest in words and thoughts and ideas. And um my best friend, O. Stone, goes here to state and is in more of the science area. And um, I was like, I want to live with O again. And um, so I applied to state and I got in, luckily. If I hadn't gotten in, I would just be living here, you know, playing, probably playing more drums and stuff. But yeah, so I mean, now I want to go on and get my PhD and maybe eventually become a professor. But really, I just like thinking about things that people put in books with other people. That's really cool. And so when you were in college, were you in a band then as well? Yeah. So I was in a, I mean, I was in a lot of projects. Um, the sort of, well, I was about to say the main thing I did, but I don't know what the main thing I did was. Um, I, I was mostly playing in jazz ensembles through school, but I played in a band of my own called Swamp Hag, which is like a noise rock sort of thing with my good friend Mary and... Then I started playing with um, my friend Ethan in a band with Indigo D'Souza called Icky Brickets, um, which is her more like neo-soul thing. Um, 
and O was also in that band. It was the basis of that band. Um, and then eventually I started playing guitar in MJ Lenderman. Um, and yeah, I think that actually covers the bands I was in. Yeah. But I would like, I, I would play with other people a lot. Like I would sort of sub in with people and I played with a band called Sham for a while. Um, yeah, different things. I played in a band called Sinai Vessel for a very short period of time. Yeah. Um, and so like with your interest in English and music, I feel like they definitely like overlap a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so to kind of further explore that, um, I wanted to know like who your favorite authors are or like books. Mm -hmm. Um well, I guess like in terms of being an academic, I study Herman Melville. Mm -hmm. Um of Moby Dick fame and Billy Budd fame. Um, but my, I've said for a while that my favorite author is this person named Eileen Miles. Um, they wrote a story or a book of short stories called Chelsea Girls, which is amazing. Um, and, and also I've loved Maggie Nelson in the past who kind of got me into Eileen Miles and a lot of other people. And it's definitely the reason that I'm in graduate school um, because of her book, The Argonauts, which sort of threw me headfirst into like theory and into thinking about things both from like a sort of personal perspective and like a really intense theoretical perspective um, and doing them at the exact same time, which was really mind blowing when I was in college and undergrad. Um, so, yeah. I think that covers, I also love Jamaica Kincaid, who's a more contemporary author from Antigua. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that covers that. Um, and then for like the music side, who are your favorite musicians or like albums or even songs? Um, yeah, I, I love Elliot Smith. He is like my hero in a lot of ways, um, musically. Um, I, I don't have the type of relationship with Elliot that a lot of people do, I think, which is like that they got into him when they were like super sad teens and like, and that his music sort of helped them feel validated and that and stuff. Um, I grew up listening to him like in the car when I was like five, six, like till I was like 12. And so it's, I just find it's, that it's really beautiful music. Um, and I feel, it feels comforting to me specifically. Um, so yeah, I love Elliot. Um. I listen to a lot of Joni Mitchell and Bjork. Um, and yeah, since I've been in grad school, I haven't been listening to music nearly as much as I used to, um, for better or for worse. I also really like this band called $75 Bill from New York. Just like super weird, like improvised, not super weird, but um, weird um, improvised music that's just a percussionist and a guitarist. And they kind of play the same rhythm and melody for like 30 minutes at a time and put little variations and stuff and I think it's really beautiful. I really like that um, you're a fan of both Bjork and Joni. I feel like they're very different sounds mm -hmm. um, and so I appreciate the range with that. Do you feel like like you see similarities in what you tend to read and like what you consume musically as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that I sort of I just asked this question of my one-on-one students the other day. It was like I I pushed them to think about what makes something beautiful to them, um, and a lot of them were like the 
that's a ridiculously difficult question, you know? And I was like, yeah, I, I don't have an answer, you know? Um, but I think what I enjoy in all three of those artists, Elliot, Joni, and Bjork, is like, there's a certain like tenderness in them all that doesn't try to, um, I don't know, it doesn't try to, uh, it's not like romanticizing tenderness in a way, like it's not making it easy. It's making it, it's difficult specifically actually. Um, and I mean, Joni Mitchell is like famous for being a, a real like heartbreaker, you know, and um, Bjork is like viciously like a mother and like writes songs like that are so sexual and so intense. Like, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think there's a tenderness that's like realistic about all, all of those artists. And I think that that is one of the things that I love to see in literature also. Yeah. I'm going to take a little break to play Shelley Duvall from O Stone in Will Young. Shelly Duvall 
you seem to be fairly immersed in like the Asheville scene and have a lot of connections with you know the very popular musicians mm -hmm. um, from that area. What is it like to I don't know I feel like be around so many like talented and creative people? Um, complicated. Um, there's a lot of personalities, you know, um, as with any people, but musicians are a different type of, you know, uh, different, there's different stuff going on in the, in the noggin, you know. Um, so, I mean, I can't really speak to what it's like to be a part of the Asheville scene now. Um, when I was really immersed in it, um, it was really cool. I mean, there's, there was a, this venue called the Moth Light that was like a really legendary special place. Um, and um, for a time, our friend Andy Lobes, who's now in Pennsylvania, they were organizing, um, like they were booking every Monday night. They would have like local Mondays and like people would go in and do like weirdest stuff, you know, like just fully improvised sets, like freaky weirdo stuff. And um, yeah, I think that it was a really great place for a handful of years. I mean, I, I also only moved to Asheville in 2016, so I don't really have a good sense of the scene before that. Um, which certainly was important. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I think for me also, like I was a drummer mostly, so I was I was literally in the back, you know. I was supporting everybody else. Um, I think that something that I experienced a little bit was, I think for a long time I wanted to write my own music, but I felt sort of stifled by my role as a drummer, and so I didn't really do that hardly at all. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of a negative answer to your very, like, positive question. But, um, I mean, that's my own personal experience with it. And, yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. It was, it's really inspiring to be a part of such varied sort of projects. And I was, like, seeing Wednesday all the time when they were, like, in, like, basements and stuff. And I was in school with Carly. And, um, yeah, yeah, there's a – it was cool. It was just – it was a scene, you know? Yeah. So how would you compare it to kind of, like, the Raleigh-Durham area – um, scene now that you don't live in Asheville? Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I think that it's really hard to compare them because Asheville is so small. Asheville, I mean, I don't know population-wise. Um, and Asheville, because of how it's situated, it has to be sort of all scrunched together um, because of the mountains and everything. But um, whereas in Raleigh and Durham and Chapel Hill, and I think of Chapel Hill as part of the scene too, um, it's so spread out, and like if like, oh, and I played a show last year at School Kids in Chapel Hill, and you know it's like forty five minute drive, and we're like asking our friends to come, and like some of our friends did come from Raleigh to Chapel Hill, you know, that's a tall order to make, you know, um, and that's something that I've struggled with here is that I really wish that there were, I mean, for example, like I wish there was a venue on Hillsborough Street, you know, that would be mind blowing, that would be so cool, and I think it's great that y'all host music um, on campus. Um, I thought, it, I think it's really cool that during Hopscotch y'all have like shows like in front of the library sometimes, right? Um, that's awesome. I think stuff like that should happen all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to compare it. I think, um, I think also here because there are so many, there's so many more bands, there's so many more people. Um, there's a lot more like styles happening. Like I feel like there's a lot more like hardcore and like heavier stuff happening here than there is in Asheville. Um, at least at the places that I would go to. I would, like I spent a lot of time at Static Age and the Moth Light and um, 
I didn't really go to the auditorium or other places in Asheville where there was more heavy stuff. So I don't know. I, I think that it would be great if there was just like a kind of cruddy, like rundown, you know, spot that a bunch of people pitched in on to like run and they would, you know, have shows. Um, yeah. I feel like um, around like NC State, at least we have more. We have a lot of like house shows and mm-hmm. outdoor things. Whereas, like, around UNC, they have small, like, little indoor venues. Mm-hmm. By this time of the year, it's not that fun to yeah. be outside yeah. when it's, like, 20 degrees. Yeah, so. definitely. And, and that's really difficult, you know. Um, yeah. And, and that also makes it difficult to have house shows, too, because it's, like, all these people breathing on each other. You know, you don't really know everybody who's coming. Yeah. It's complex. Um, and so, other than, oh, do you have, like, you know, friendships or really no... Um, other musicians in this area? Um, mostly no. Um, I have two good friends who, as far as I know, still live in Chapel Hill. They both went to UNC, named Lila Richardson and Audrey Keelan, um, who are both like Asheville folks, like grew up around Asheville, um, who write really great music together, um, and separately too. Um, but for the most part, I mean, not really. I'm aware of like some bands out of Durham, but not. Oh, and like we know like the Truth Club folks, of course. But um, for the most part, no. I mean, and we don't really know people who are like making similar music to us. So like mm-hmm. when we want to like book a show, it's like who do we you know who do we call? And we got to struggle with that, um, which is at once like cool because we're like okay, we're we're doing something special, um, but. And it's it's also isolating, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so more about you and O. Do you write the songs or both of you like together or how does that work? Yeah, so our our first thing that we put out is called Big Hot Looking Bright Cloud, um, which actually to your question earlier is a little bit out of a William Faulkner book. Um totally random. I was like, okay, that's the name of the album. <laughs> um uh th- that first thing that we did, which was a few years ago. I think it came out in 2019 or 2020. Um, no, 2020 or 2021. 2020, I think, summer 2020. But um, uh, that was literally a split, and we called it O'Stone and Will Yance to d- try to denote that it was a split, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it went, we did one song together, but I had written the song, and then everything else was like, O wrote it, then I wrote it, and recorded it. We didn't record anything but one song together. Um, and so it was a true split where it's totally um, split up. But this record we did all together. We lived together. Um, we recorded it in our house. Um, but most of the songs are still written by just one of us, really. Mm-hmm. Um, we heard this quote by one of our favorite bands, Deerhoof, about um, the fact that like all the members of Deerhoof like, make entire songs like on their own like in their own houses like across the country sometimes and then like they make a demo of it and then they record pieces to go onto it and then they say like oh we can't even remember who recorded what and we can't remember who made the original demo and so they're like it just belongs to the band you know yeah um and i love that and um and that's kind of a principle that oh and i swear by like we 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 work hard to sort of get our egos out of it and to um, feel that we're both that it's a really mutual thing, right? That we're both contributing 
and constituting the songs themselves. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take credit for Shelley Duvall because I think that's like a masterpiece of a song. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we definitely share responsibility for all the songs. And how long have you and O known each other? Um, I guess we've known each other since like maybe 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. um, I first met O like when I just knew them as like this badass bassist in Indigo's band and in this other band called Slugly. Um, and I thought they were very cool and they were, I'd, apparently like we, we would see each other around like UNCA and there was like a sort of mutual like, oh, you're too cool for me thing. Um, so we never really interacted until I started playing in Indigo's band, and then we we're like homies. Um, but then we really got to know each other once we started living together in Asheville um, in this very special situation. It was during right during the lockdown. Everybody was broke, you know. I mean, broke and on unemployment. Um, and just like staying at home, which was a really wonderful combo to develop a budding friendship, you know. So, yeah. And then... Yeah, so I guess it's about 2018 Yeah, or 19. I feel like it's very interesting seeing, I guess you guys are very close friends, um, seeing you create something together. I think it's really special. I love, I don't know, because I feel like you can definitely tell when, you know, a band like just works so well together and it's just kind of like, like a mishmash of things kind mm -hmm. of. And I believe, you know, Justin Morris. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, with his project Sluice, you know, he has Avery on the drums mm -hmm. and Avery also drums for Indigo. Mm -hmm. And then he has Oliver plays, I think the bass and then they have this other. They have all sorts of things. They have, yeah. I forgot what it's called. It's like, I don't know. It's like some traditional Indian instrument. Oh, is, is it a harmonium? Like the, like the little piano, and it has like an organ thing, and it like yeah, it's pumps like on air. the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's and a so, harmonium. Yeah, and so like they have all of this, but then they also have Weirs, which is like yeah. Oliver's project, and it's just like really cool seeing how like like how everybody kind of like works together, and like how you and O like it's just like something you kind of make together. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's really beautiful when that can like just work out very well for people. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see. Um, so to go, um, again about Justin, um, your music with O kind of reminds me of, um, Sluice's music. I love finding, like, like, similarities between mm -hmm. all these people who are, like, kind of connected. And I guess you guys are all, you know, like, around the Asheville kind of, or have been in, mm -hmm. like, the Asheville scene. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, like... Justin's music reminds me of Indigo's music because it goes from like so quiet to so loud. Mm. And your music reminds me a lot of Justin's because it's just kind of like the lyrics will just be like, I don't know, my mom says it like he's just talking. Like <laughs> he'll just be like, oh, we just swam in the river and I'm drinking a beer. Yeah. And my mom thinks it's so funny. And um, uh -huh. your music, I feel like, um, is similar to that. Mm. And it's just like very like genuine. Like you're just, saying like some like I feel like you're not trying too hard you know mm -hmm. like some people just like make it so complicated mm -hmm. um but I think it's really beautiful thank you yeah yeah I think that's a real um 
I think that's a real sort of thing. One of the one of the great things about you know the fact that everybody can make art and can just put an album on the internet or put a poem on the internet or whatever um, is that there often is like somehow like more sincerity in it because I mean I feel really uncomfortable in like a studio setting where I'm like playing drums and they're all perfectly mic'd up like I like when I tell people that oh and I recorded our record like all in our house like they're like wow. And I'm like, no, it's it's so like the given, like that's so exactly what we want to do, you know. Um, it's not special, like it's, I mean, it, it's it's special in the most ordinary way, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like it makes, I don't know. I feel like you can definitely tell the difference in mm-hmm. the music like that. Yeah. And so, do you play anything other than the drums? Yeah, yeah. So um, I play drums and guitar mostly. Um, I mean, really, I mostly play guitar. Um, if we're looking at stats right now, you know, yeah. I'm still competing with my, you know, seven years old to like 17, you know, era. That was a lot of drumming. But um, but I play guitar all the time and I play bass and keys and sing and whatnot, too. So throughout our record, like it's all mixed up. OK. Yeah. Okay. Um, and do you guys use any like pedals or anything like, I guess, different to make your sound? Um. Not in ge- not pedals in general. Um, um, we, I would say our secret weapon is this little eight track that we have, that is like a digital eight track. It's a it's a Tascam, so it has the the supposed mojo to it, but it's a digital eight track that is like so limited in what it can do, but it has a really great sound to it. And um, and a lot of times we'll run that into O's like. Tascam four track that's an actual tape and stuff and um yeah no yeah we, we we don't have any real like things that we do like consistently for our sound but um we also I mean we play a lot of acoustic instruments when we record um even if it's going to be a loud song it might still be mostly acoustic which is like a sound that we sort of attribute or that I sort of attribute to like bands like Lomelda um and Joni Mitchell and stuff like that um, and what would you kind of like classify the music you and O make as like genre wise or even like a little description? Um, I don't know. I think, um, I think that, uh, well, one thing that we say sometimes it's sort of a description is that it's soft songs played loud or that it's quiet songs played loud. Um, I'm 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 terribly terribly opinionated, and sort of resent the idea of classifying music by genre um, for a number of reasons. But um, yeah, that's another conversation. Yeah. And like, how would you compare the music that like you make versus what you listen to? Like, would you hmm. what do you listen to that maybe you take pieces of that doesn't necessarily sound like what you end up making yeah yeah I mean I would be so flattered if anybody ever said that any of the music we made sounded anything like any of the artists I listened to um but I feel like they probably won't really sometimes we get compared to Alex G which I think is strange um because I don't think we're nearly as like sort of cynical and like dark as Alex G is um but um yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
I actually just remarked to O the other day as we were like practicing a little bit for a show that didn't happen. Um, I said it's re- it's I think it's cool that none of our music sounds anything like the music that we listen to. I don't know how completely true that is. Maybe that's a totally like egotistical like you know dream or something. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's certain th- the I I think the thing I can say is that we make certain decisions based on people we like. Mm-hmm. Like the drum sound of this Lamelda record called Hannah is like so beautiful and like full and rich and stuff. Um, and we specifically have like tried to do that. And one song called Meteor Song I made, um, I was trying to make like a shoegaze song, you know, like more like Phil Elvrum or something. But, and then also like the entire idea of like doubling guitars and doubling vocals is like, I'm like trying to sound like Elliot Smith, like because it's a beautiful sound. Um, but I think, you know, you try to do these little things and then ultimately you find that that's those aren't the things that actually make that person sound like them. You know, it's their songs, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And I feel like it's very interesting to me. And I guess I know at this point you were drumming and not necessarily like writing these songs. But, you know, previously you drummed for Icky Brickets and stuff. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a very different sound to what you're making now. And, you know, I mean, I guess... MJ Lenderman is closer to like your current sound, mm, 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 but mm, mm. I feel like, and you know, while at that time, you know, you weren't, these aren't the songs that you were writing. Um, I mm, feel like mm-hmm. it's definitely valuable to like gain experience from making these different sounds and stuff and um, contributing to music that's like very different from what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry for interrupting you before I it's understood okay. your question. Um, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, being a drummer for like a long time and then sort of entering into more the front of the stage, like playing guitar, like that felt like a step out for me. Um, cause also like with, with MJ, I was like improvising a lot, like playing a lot of stuff that like he didn't write and didn't ask me to play. Um, and so there was like a big creative element there. And that was true for Icky Brickets too. Um, like I was coming in after a different drummer who played, who just kind of like played the parts. And I came in and like did a whole bunch of stuff and O and I would like improvise together a lot. And um, and so there's a lot of creativity happening, but that's really different from like the creativity happening sort of isolated, like in a room writing a song. You know, it's really different. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it definitely was, it, it played a huge part, I think. And, and it was a really big transition, especially singing. Like I... I, I still don't really feel like I sing. I, I, I feel like I sort of talk and, um, I don't know, kind of make my talking into a melody, you know. Um, but, yeah. um, and to kind of change gears a little bit, do you go to a lot of concerts and, like, see a lot of live music? Um, I don't. Um, I'm sort of, I, I kind of feel like I'm in, like, hibernation as a musician right now in certain ways. Um I I really struggle with concerts a lot of the time. Like um, like a few years in a row I played, or I can't remember if they're in a row, but I, I've played Hopscotch several times. And, um, and I really like that music festival because it's like in the city, the venues are like spread, around, spread out and stuff. Um, but still, I, I really struggle with um, 
large concerts. And so like if a house show is happening, I'll try to go to the house show. Um, if a show is happening somewhere like school kids that's small, I'll try to go there. Um, but for the most part, like I really don't go see music. Um, it's also like difficult for me because I'm not on Instagram and I feel like people only promote via Instagram um, right now. Um, I, I am of the era that used Facebook events a lot, you know, and that was awesome. And you could see who was genuinely coming for sure. And somebody might post, they might say, oh, my car's broken now. Can anybody give me a ride? And you'd be like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, so, so I really struggle to like find out about shows that I'm interested in. I mostly go see like big, like, like I saw one of my favorite singers here at State called Cecile McLaurin Salvant um, just last year. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe, can't believe she's playing here. Um, and yeah, I mean, mostly I don't really go see music. Yeah. Um, and so with that, do you play many concerts like nowadays or? Um, no. Um, Owen and I intended to play a release show like a couple of weeks ago, but COVID has been whiling and, um, yeah, so we didn't do that, and that would have been our first show in like several months. We played. I think our I think our last show was um. We played, at School Kids in Raleigh. We um, opened for my friend, um, Paige. Her band is called Ra uh, Pagan Rage. Um, she's from Asheville. Um, of pictures of Vernon fame, but um, and this great band called Stress Fractures. I think from South Carolina. Um. And, yeah, no, no, we don't play often. We've joked about having, like, a seasonal show, like, four shows a year, like, tops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, can be, it can be easy to sort of lose your steam if you play a ton for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So going forward, you still, you guys, like, want to play shows, mm -hmm. just you're not super into, like, the whole, like, touring thing. I mean, broadly, I and I think I can speak for O here. Um, broadly, no, not super into the whole touring thing. Um, we've never toured the two of us. That might be a dream, you know. Um, you know, if we were opening for a band that we really loved or something. But other than that, you know, just trying to, you know, put things together, you know. No, that sounds stressful. And so do you, obviously, a lot of your time is taken up um, now teaching here and um, going to school, but do you plan on continuing to make music with O? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm finished this semester, so I'm not entirely sure what, where I'm going to head after this. Um, I might stay in North Carolina, I might go to Chapel Hill or Duke or something, um, might not get into any PhD program, so I might stay here. Maybe Owen and I will hit the big time. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely intend to keep making music together. So you, this is your last semester to get your master's degree? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like, is your main, I'm just curious, like your main focus, would you say it's music or has kind of English and like writing kind of taken the main focus in your life? Um, yeah, I mean, since I've been in school, um, my studies have been my focus for sure. Um, but, um, I think most importantly, like the way that I'm thinking about it is that 
right now I'm in a position where I'm able to study with people and read books and talk about books and get paid to do that and teach also. I do enjoy teaching. Um, and uh, yeah, for me, I mean, music is a part of my life. And I think the way that O and I approach music is that music is an act, you know, it's a verb. Um, and O and I play music together all the time, just on the couch, you know, and we don't record, you know, 90% of it. Um, but that's still music, you know, it's not less music because it isn't recorded. Um, and I think that that's how like most people have like perceived music for like, you know, thousands and thousands of years. So, um, yeah, I, it, it, it's not that music is like fallen by the wayside or something exactly. And that, I don't know, I, I, I think it makes me sad to, to say that it has, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just shifted a little bit, my relationship to it. Because I used to really stress about music and really freak out about it. Um, used to bring me a lot of like fear and anxiety, you know. And it doesn't anymore, which I think is good. Yeah. Um, this is circling way back to an earlier <laughs> conversation, but um, I've been thinking about it. So you said that you have been mostly focused on Melville with your mm -hmm. studies here, and then you mentioned like a Faulkner quote and mm -hmm. stuff. Are those like, is that the type of like, like very like class, I guess classical kind mm -hmm. of like literature that you're into? Like, I don't know. Cause I feel like people go in, I mean, obviously people can like all different kinds of things, mm -hmm. but I find it very interesting that um, like those are some that you gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, do you like the kind of like, I don't even know how to describe like the it. Canonical stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. Not not more than like the less canonical stuff. Like I mean, like yeah. I said, like my favorite book I think is Chelsea Girls by Eileen Miles, who's yeah. like a queer like. You know, I mean, that's a bunch of stories about what it was like to be a closeted lesbian, having sex like with boys mm -hmm. in Boston in like the nineteen fifties. You know, yeah. like that's a complex experience. Certainly, mostly unrelated to Melville. On the surface, right? But yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, and I'm also I'm not a big Faulkner lover. Um, I didn't finish the book that yeah. that, that, <laughs> that title came out of. You know, um, I find him pretty grueling. But um, but Melville has a certain humor and a certain like political like incision, um, incisiveness that I think is just like delicious and amazing. Um, and. And like, I mean, my thesis is going to be about like his, the way that he sort of uses um, the figure of a child to sort of argue for something, you know, which is a, I mean, it's a very sort of queer theory reading of him, you know, and that's happened a lot. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite movies is called Beau Travail by Claire Denis. And it's like an adaptation. It's like a queer adaptation of one of Melville's stories. And um, it's very famous for that. Um, so for me, like, it, it, I mean, I'm not more, I, I don't gravitate more to, like, canonical stuff than to, you know, less canonical stuff or more contemporary stuff. But it is important for me to um, sort of disentangle, like, the idea that, like, the canon is old and, like, crotchety or something. Like, we get to do with texts whatever we want, you know.
Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so you said you're not a big social media um, user, but where can people find, I guess, your like Bandcamp or Spotify? Yeah. Um, our Bandcamp is osandwy.bandcamp.com. Um, or you could just search O Stone and Will Yants, Y-O-U-N-T-S. Um, yeah, and the same goes for Spotify's O Stone and Will Yants. Um, yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming in again. This is DJ Ocean Spray with Will Yance, and you're listening to WKNC 88.1 Raleigh, North Carolina, HD1. Um, and I'm going to send the listeners off with Gendered Sock, one of the a song off of their recently released album, You Help Me Say It. So enjoy. <laughs> 